And did betting on the NBA give you a higher high than betting on other sports? I think it gave me a higher high because I was able to predict the outcome of the games. And I think when you talk about gambling and the euphoria that comes with it, um, making winning picks is what excites you. You're insisting that your betting did not influence the way you called a game. Why should we believe you? Because the FBI did a thorough investigation, and even the NBA concluded that um, I did not fix games in the NBA. You told the FBI, this is a quote, you don't realize how easy this was for me knowing what I knew. Mm -hmm. What exactly did you know? I knew that there were certain relationships that existed between referees and players, referees and coaches, and referees and owners that um, influenced the point spreads in games. Watch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Clash, clash. Strawberry banana. Oh, Please don't, don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their ah! defense is atrocious. I'm concert of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. People. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love you no know, playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right, we're back. This is Swish FM, Chris Modelkin and Ben Craw. Ben, we are now a week removed from uh, the Whistleblower podcast with Tim Livingston. Last week, we talked to Tim about all things uh, NBA gambling scandal, Tim Donaghy, referees, and uh, all of it. And I think, you know, we were talking offline afterward about, you know, how great it was and how enjoyable it was in some respects to, to talk to Tim about it. <laughs> and then also how there was so much more that we felt like we wanted to say and ask him. And just because he, he was short on time, we didn't, um, you know, have, have, we weren't able to, but then we right. started, I think we start, both started realizing that like, actually these are questions that were really not Tim Livingston questions. They're really actually just questions for ourselves to <laughs> be asking yeah. really each other. So um, here we are. So I'm just curious. There's no uh, outline or plan here. I'm just curious how you're feeling today. Uh, yeah. Just start with that. Like how how do you feel? Um, yeah, I feel I feel I feel good. It was an, it was an amazing conversation with Tim. Um, I feel like we're living in a in a post whistleblower world and now a post post whistleblower podcast world. Um, meaning our episode with him. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was uh, very much like, as soon as we listened to his podcast, we were like, this would be a dream guest. Um, and so I just want to like thank him again. He was like super generous and awesome for coming on. And uh, and yeah, just great to talk to. Um, and yeah, like if it weren't for the fact that, um, you know, uh, we are all like adults with like things to do in our lives. Like we, I feel like I could have talked with him for like, eight hours, hours. I don't know, t- 10 straight hours. Like there's just so like, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, like, there's so many details to the story. And then it's also like the kind of story that you can just step back and extrapolate like so many, <laughs> like our bread and butter, just like the big picture questions of like, what is this that we're d- really doing here? Like, what are we, 
what and why and like what is actually going on um both with the product that we are consuming and inside our own heads and hearts and uh yeah i'm actually it's probably for the best that we <laughs> that he you know had to um at at a certain point um you know uh log off because um it probably would have gotten weird. We probably would have gotten into, into like, you know, definitely more like psychotherapy type of questions, as you said, that he, I mean, no other person should, um, you know, have to uh, help us work through because uh, they are very much uh, a personal, you know, sort of uh, struggles of, of ours. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's probably for the best that, uh, that it didn't, like, eventually devolve into... Um, you know, just like tears and, um, <laughs> and, um, you know, just weirder, darker recesses of our, of our emotions. So, um, yeah, I am, um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, um, I mean, I'm feeling great about, it. I thought it was an awesome episode. Um, and obviously, um, as anyone would expect the, um, uh, as with all of our episodes, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, and, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I. Uh, I mean, in, good to hear. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm really happy to hear that you're doing well <laughs> and that you're feeling <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. I mean, how, how could I, I not be? It's, yeah, uh, it's I definitely want great time e- to be alive. I want to echo uh, your sentiments just about Tim. Thank him again, and you know he was great. And for anyone listening to us, if you haven't listened to Tim's podcast by now stop listening to this and go download the whistleblower podcast and just immerse yourself in all 10 episodes because it's really fantastic journalism. He spent eight years working on this story and it's just so well produced and, you know, we can go on and on, but, um, you know, aside from, uh, our experience talking to him going well and him being such a generous, nice person, I have to tell you, man, like I do not feel good. Um, oh no, <laughs> sorry to hear that. No, yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, it, I understand, like, yeah, it's, if you're talking about, like, bigger I, picture, like, how I feel about the sport of basketball, or, like, I don't know, yeah, no, the country, I'm, or I'm anything. Talking, yeah, just kind of generally, but, like, I mean, you know, we were talking offline, like, I literally physically don't feel well because I ate uh, these extremely spicy wasabi peas, uh, like, mm. until <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning last night, working on the mm-hmm. edit for uh, the podcast, but um, more specifically, uh, and I'm really still trying to put my finger on this one, but like, there's something like very disappointing about it all, man. Like, um, you know, I, I, I realize now this episode will be probably two. We have recorded this episode in actuality like two weeks ago. So uh, mm-hmm. when it's coming out. But, like, we wrapped up our conversation yesterday, and, like, an hour or so later, they announced the verdict of, um, for Derek Chavon, the police officer who murdered George Floyd. And Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, like, between that verdict coming in and just, like, what that made me feel, um, Mm. and, you know, like, I understand, like, hey, it's great that there's, like, justice um, for you know, the, the Floyd family and whatever, but overwhelmingly I, I just, I felt such like deep, like sadness about that. And like the way I felt like, uh, no one had any bad intentions, but like, it's incredible, man. Like we've talked about this before, like the texts just immediately come in within like 
minutes of just like fantasy, you know, hey, fantasy uh, basketball questions, fantasy baseball questions. Are you playing FanDuel tonight? You know, are you going to watch the Rockets game later? And it's like, uh, you know, just talking about Tim Donaghy, the, the, the nature of the sport, like being corrupt and like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not being very uh, coherent here. I understand. It's just, it feels like there are so many like more important things happening in the world. And we invest so much of our time and energy into this like polluted, toxic thing, um, basketball. <laughs> and yeah. I know we've talked about this a bunch and I feel like I'm asking you all the time now. Um, and it's sort of becoming increasingly the, undercurrent of our podcast but like is basketball good is basketball good like is is this good uh this this thing that like we consume that we invest in and um again uh uh tim tim livingston's podcast is so good such a nice guy he was so generous with us uh i in no way feel like bad about our conversation with him but I think what we want to talk about now, the, the conversation we want, want to have today is like the effect that that podcast had on us and like increasingly what we're feeling about the league. And, you know, I have these other things going on in my life, but yesterday it was the, the George Floyd, um, you know, the, 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 the verdict for the murderer of George Floyd. And it's just like, you know, when that is the backdrop of this conversation that we're having about the NBA, it's like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why, why do we care about these criminals you know like uh, yeah yeah it's really 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 good question um and the fact is that if the if the product that we're talking about the nba were not toxic and polluted it wouldn't be that dramatically different a question that we're asking ourselves today uh in terms of like what is the point of I mean, you know, we've talked about it a million times. It's a drug. It's just a distraction. It's an right. escape um, from things like the George Floyd verdict. Um, and and it's th- funny you bring you know, that up. Distractions have a place in our lives. like For sure. Yeah. Um, we need them to get through this fucking thing called life. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, like, life, uh, life is painful and sad and stuff. And, like, sometimes <laughs> we really, truly do need, like, a respite and just be like, hey, I just need to, like, have a laugh or I just need to take a break from, like, the sadness of the world and, like, watch a ball go in a hoop. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I get it. Like, you know, like, no no shame on, like, needing a, a distraction. But I think now we're taking a closer look at this particular distraction and, like, is it <laughs> is it a good one? Is it a worthwhile one? Are there better distractions? Right. Um, yeah. Um, this is you know, going to be like probably a wildly offensive, like parallel to draw. So I like want to preface it by saying, I understand it is not at all a, um, you know, an analogous, uh, situation, but the, like when you talk about the the Derek Chauvin, Chauvin, Chauvin verdict, um, you know, found guilty of murder, which is great. Uh, it's better than, uh, being found not guilty, but it, Honestly, like a little piece of my brain, and again, knowing this is a wildly uh, inappropriate parallel to draw, but a little piece of my brain was like, huh, this kind of feels a little bit like Tim Donaghy being kicked out of the NBA. Like, it's it's like basically like the first cop that I can think of um, uh, who, like you know, murdered, murdered a black person and then actually was convicted of murdering a black person. And it felt, I mean, I saw a lot of reactions on Twitter that, that was just like, hey, this is great, but, like, yeah, of course, like, they kind of had to do this in order to preserve the system. Like, if they hadn't 
if they hadn't found him guilty, like I don't even want to begin to think about like, <laughs> yeah, like what the the turmoil that this country would go through in response to that. Um, and um, it just made me think of like in a way like he was just like a sacrificial lamb. Like he like, yeah. and now everyone's like, oh, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better for we can move on for yeah like, twenty four hours, maybe forty eight hours. Okay, I don't have to be like going out into the street and fucking like you know breaking things uh <laughs> for like one night um so it, it just yeah it was like okay yeah a little brief moment of of happiness but like is anything going to change probably not um and it made me think of like like your question about like why does scott foster still have a job and it's kind of like well the nba doesn't want to you know they they did their 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 job getting rid of donaghy and now they don't have to do anything more now, like people were satisfied with that in two thousand and seven or eight, whenever it was actually kicked out. Um, like that was good enough, and, and it was like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Like b- going back to business as usual now, um, and yeah, I mean, again, obviously, like <laughs> these are not. We're talking about a dumb sport yeah, that totally. has no real, you know, impact on like life and death, um, and um as opposed to you know the practice of policing in this country um well let's but, let's get into yeah. some of the stuff that uh was lingering from yesterday uh or last week that mm. we didn't get to to cover stuff that like you were thinking about and i i've been thinking about that it doesn't even pertain to tim livingston it's it's really more for you and i mm-hmm. um but i don't know what's something what's something that you know, you've been sort of questioning or wondering about after listening to the podcast? Well, one of the things that I feel like when I talked about, like, it's probably for the best that we didn't get into too much, like, psychotherapy talk about, uh, about you know, our, our personal fandom um, with Tim uh, Livingston um, was actually a quote, and I think it would have been awesome to actually bring it up and, and hear his thoughts on it, um, uh, but um that we ran out of time on but one of it was actually not something from his podcast but something from his uh 2012 article um which he references in episode one of his podcast um which i really recommend if you like the podcast like the article that kind of like served as the you know the the germination of of this whole like you know journey that he went on um it's on the postgame.com blog Title is David Stern's Apology to NBA Fans for Popovich's Roster Decision Rings Hollow. And he sort of sets it up as, like, the, the premise is, like, talking about back in 2012 and David Stern, uh, you know, punished, I guess, fined Popovich and the Spurs for, like, resting their starters. Um, and that was, like, kind of the jumping off point for just talking about Stern and then broadly more, like, his, you know, the way he, like, deals with the league and manages the league and then gets into the, the Donaghy scandal. And most of the article is about Donaghy. Um, and this was the article that kind of like kicked off the whole odyssey because Donaghy, I guess, caught wind of it, read it and actually responded to Tim directly about it, um, which led him down the the path of, of making the podcast. So, um, but one of the lines, so it's an awesome article and it's just filled with like truth bomb after truth bomb where you're not just about like the thing that's amazing about the article is that it doesn't just get into the scandal and David Stern and the NBA, but it also like kind of turns the, you know, the, um, what do you call it? Like, you know, turn, t- like turns the mirror, the spotlight, you know, back on, on us as fans. And it, and it, and he, uh, he gets into like, you know, how we all sort of swallowed the, the line, um, that the NBA fed us. Um, and there are just some, some like really like kind of profound quotes in here. Um, 
one of which uh, that made me think a lot was, um, quote, we push the thoughts. Uh, this is kind of like um, referring to the way as fans and the media, we all just kind of, you know, accepted the the story and 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 um, and just didn't didn't want to, frankly, like think about it any more deeply than that. Um, and 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 you know, the the denial basically that we all collectively experienced um, uh, back in two thousand seven or eight um, of just being like, okay, cool, they said everything was fine, so everything is fine. I don't want to like be bothered about this, and I don't want to have to think about this. So the line uh, uh, from the article uh, from Tim's article from twenty twelve is quote. We pushed the thoughts of fraudulence into the back of our minds and forced ourselves to move forward without taking the time to dwell on what had just happened. I guess it's the way all males deal with all earth-shattering emotions. Um, and his use of the word male in there is kind of what stood out. <laughs> That's the one I kind of like highlighted and underlined and circled and pointed an arrow to in my notes because it is like a... Like, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't sort of explicitly talk about it that much, but like everything in basketball and the like world of basketball it's it's extremely like just male dominated like obviously all the players are male coaches yeah. are male yeah, um, it's, it's it's let's take it even a step further it's like a heteronormative uh culture yeah um extremely so <laughs> yeah it's an extremely heteronormative male run and dominated culture it's a it's a it's a business of men um, it's, it's a business of straight white men at the top who are mostly employing, uh, straight, uh, African American men, uh, as athletes. And, um, so that is inherently baked into the, the culture and, um, and we sort of, I think, reflect and mirror those values in a weird way right because mm -hmm. these are the people that we're watching these are the people that we idolize and there are sort of male problems uh with the culture and the sport yeah yeah there's male problems with the culture i mean everything from a you know as superficial as just like the fact that there are still cheerleaders uh, as entertainment um uh which like yeah as a kid you're just like oh yeah cool cheerleaders like that's awesome and then as you get a little older and like think about it a little more deeply, you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of not, Awkward. that's yeah. kind of gross. I don't know if I really like want to bring my son to a basketball game and like um, have him, <laughs> you know, affected by all of that. Um, and yeah, so, but like on a more deep level, like the thing about not dealing with stuff and the, the thing about just kind of like pushing unpleasant, unsavory, um, you know, undesirable thoughts and emotions to the back of our mind. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, as a male, I can say that's, that's something that kind of hits home a little bit. And it kind of made me think like, yeah, like not just the scandal itself, um, but also like the reaction to it, like the NBA played it so smartly because they knew like people aren't going to want to like, look, if we just say like, oh yeah, we did a report. We got the guy, we kicked him out. Like they made a calculation and they were just like so completely a hundred percent correct in their calculation of like people aren't going to want to think that basketball is staged or rigged. So if we just tell them it's all good, like they will swallow that um, without batting an eye. Yeah, man. And sure enough, we did um, because we are, you know, the vast, obviously not to generalize, but you know, most basketball fans are males. Um, 
and we don't want to get into like unpleasant conspiracy thinking we want to just fucking sit and have a beer and watch our basketball games um yeah i think we can even explode this idea out further like i think most men uh heteronormative men are resistant to looking in like looking inward doing any sort of self-therapy self-care any sort of self-evaluation is something we are resistant to and in professional sports this is a weakness right like any sort of any sort of admission of pain um is considered something that you are supposed to erase because yeah you know this is mamba mentality right like yeah you've got to you've got to push through and just like shut out the noise and just do your job in professional sports you know, it's like the Bill Belichick Patriots. It's like, you know, shut up and do your job. Don't complain. Work harder. Outwork your opponent. Don't complain about injuries. Mind over matter. Like, there is mm-hmm. no pain. There is no fear. Leave it all on the field. Um, and so there really is no room for self-evaluation, taking stock. It's all just sort of repressing pain, repressing anything bad that gets in the way of your objective and shoving it in the closet and just shoving it down and swallowing it. And that is something that is that is male, that is toxic uh, masculinity, right? That is toxic male culture um, embodied and fully realized in the form of like a business practice. And that is what the NBA did uh, here with the scandal, right? Like they they took this toxic male uh thinking approach and they they applied it to the scandal they said like we have one (laughs) we have one bad apple we are not Mm -hmm. doing a full review we are going to pinpoint it on this one on this one bad guy and we'll just cut off the head of the snake and then we'll be gone with him and then everything else it'll be contained and yep. and it's mamba mamba mentality like if on, we just tell ourselves that everything is is okay then it will be okay and, it and was. we won't have to do any work and we won't have to uh yeah like do the extremely lengthy arduous Review. process of yeah like changing our behavior or like investigating ourselves or like any of that shit because that's extremely difficult unpleasant and costly um, <laughs> costly it yeah it would not be good for business ben yeah and no. and here's the thing um the nba was right <laughs> the nba yeah, like the, i said their calculation was exactly correct the nba t- made a bet they said we bet our audience you bunch of men don't care we bet you don't care. We bet if we give you some token sacrificial lamb, Tim Donaghy, we'll put him in handcuffs, we'll drag him away. I bet mm-hmm. you won't care. That will be good enough for you to sort of just erase this from your mind, to suppress it, to sweep it under the rug, that there is potentially some larger scandal at play. And they were right. David Stern was right. Yeah, we it. <laughs> just want to be entertained. We don't want to have to deal with yucky feelings. We don't want to have to deal with potentially yucky scandals. We want to live in our fantasy world. And mm-hmm. so he gave us an easy solution, Tim Donaghy. We happily accepted it and we moved on because we wanted to believe our fairy tales, right? We wanted to believe that Kobe and Shaq um, actually 
uh, <laughs> you know, actually got to the NBA finals without any sort of help, without any mm-hmm. sort of assistance. Uh, we wanted to believe that they got there fair and square. And, yeah. and so that's what we did. We accepted what they gave us. And so again, th- this, is, this was never a Tim Livingston conversation. <laughs> so it's, it's probably for the best that um, yeah. we didn't get this far in our questioning with him. But um, I guess Ben, like, why? So maybe the question is like, why are, why have we accepted all the lies? Why do we insist on like living in this fantasy land? Cause it's easier, man. Cause there's just two, there's like everything else in our lives is complicated and difficult and painful emotionally. Yeah. Traumatic enough. Uh, and, 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 and just, yeah, like messy. Um, and I want to employ a bit of a trash bag ghost thinking here. I think Mm. also we just like the dunks, right? I mean, yeah, obviously like if, if ghosts were here, you know, ghosts thing is he loves raw barbarianism. He loves like big yeah. symbols, right? So like yeah. he loves He has a simple caveman mind and he is very proud of it. He's a simple caveman and he loves like explosions and dinosaurs yeah. and 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 like guns. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like we are ultimately just little boys, right? Like we want to hear big explosions and and we want to see explosive things and we want to see dunks and blocks and silly passes and you know what I mean and and uh, we don't want to have to think about the ethics of any of it yeah no it's the it's like exactly like the like I said the one thing that we think we can use as an escape from all the other <clears throat> complicated messy awful shit in our in the rest of our lives so it's like if I'm, if the one thing that I use as my little escapist drug at the end of the day is just as messy and complicated and fucked up as the rest of my day, then like, well, I'm just going to go pick a different drug. I'm not going to use that as my, as my escape. I, I need something that is like way, way more comforting and requires way less um, emotional and mental investment. Um <laughs> And yeah, so it's just like a simple calculation that that we would all do as, I mean, not just men, you know, like as human beings where you, yeah, you want something that just puts your mind at ease at the end of, the, of, a, of a long, hard day. Um, so if the NBA is not going to be that thing, then like, guess what? I'm going to take my money elsewhere and, you know, whatever, play my Nintendo Switch or, you know, look at my uh, online uh, horses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, but the thing yeah, is, so. like, all of, all of those things have skeletons too, right? Like, they, like, every, yeah. it turns out every corporation is bad, Ben. Well, I think that gets to, like, your initial uh, declaration here of, like, not feeling good, not feeling that good, is that the older you get, the more you, like, kind of, fumble about and search for like that thing that makes you feel good at the end of the day you know the more you realize like there's not really like if you're an intelligent and like um you know really like curious person like you're not ever going to find anything that is 100 percent pure and good i mean other than like whatever like you're you know obviously i could say like look at my child and say like that's 100 percent good and pure um and that brings me you know uh, completely unfiltered joy and happiness but it's also like a challenge and uh (laughs) in its own different way you know ways so the point is like yeah obviously there are things in life that 
that bring you joy and there are moments you know but it's just like it's harder to find something cheap as a as a consumption yeah as as a product that you can consume um that you know literally doesn't require any work on your part you can just sit on a couch and push a button and feel something um yeah the the older you get i feel like the harder it is to find that but um but you know that's yeah, why we uh you know i keep, t- keep it, it's yeah. funny i think like the more we think about tim's podcast whistleblower like i've i've told more and more people about it in my life and especially people who are not basketball uh fans mm-hmm. my parents my best friend these are not like basketball sports people mm-hmm. and it very quickly just becomes a conversation about like corporate power and like corrupt business and mm-hmm. and the nature of corporate power and um i think you know i i we just didn't have enough time with tim um and that's okay and maybe we'll have him back another time or or not but, uh, you know, it, it ultimately is a podcast about the nature of big business, which mm-hmm. I think I wasn't really prepared for because it seemed pretty juicy enough on the surface that it was just a podcast about a betting scandal. But it's actually, in my opinion, um, as much a podcast about, like, these crooked people running this business operation, the NBA, and David Stern specifically, David Stern, like yeah. what he knew and his involvement in the scandal. And we didn't get to talk to Tim about um, too much with the FBI investigation. But one of the things that I was just like fascinated about was so when the when Tim Donaghy cooperated with the FBI and ultimately the NBA got word that he was cooperating with the FBI the uh, the NBA leaked that whole story to the New York Post. We can pretty much say with some assurance that that's what happened. And in leaking that story and this big national news item uh, coming to, to coming to light, it sort of sabotaged the FBI's ability to investigate the 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 depth of the scandal. But one of the things that fucking blew my mind, man, was that. Five days after the NBA learned that uh, Donaghy was cooperating with the FBI, the NBA, behind closed doors, before they leaked the story, closed. David Stern successfully negotiated and closed a $7.4 billion TV rights deal. This is with ESPN, TNT. And it's like, that is so fucking snake-like and insane and um you know at one point uh uh, tim talks to the fbi agent who was working on the case this guy named phil scala and he said something like when he when he heard that he said it he said uh you know you should just give this case to the white collar people meaning what once he realized that david stern executed a 7.4 billion dollar deal this is essentially it to me it I, I don't know enough about this stuff, but I was like, isn't that insider trading? Isn't that like basically what Martha Stewart went to jail for? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. It's, it's, it's absolutely not the same thing, but the sort of principle of, I know this very dirty detail and before it comes to light, I am going to execute this major financial coup. 
um, because it's in my best financial interest to do so. And I mean, I, I, I just, when I heard that, I was like, how is this, how is this possibly illegal? Obviously it's insanely unethical, but like, it does not seem legal. Yeah. And it's also like a, you know, just an admission that Stern was like, you know, he knew full well, like, like the extent of the scandal. And he was like, I need to make sure I get this deal locked in before everything goes to shit. You know, like it's such an obvious, I mean, you know, couple that with the fact that he, he clearly is the one or the NBA front office, someone in there is the one who leaked the story to the New York post. It all is like a very, very obvious picture of like how it went down. Um, so yeah, Yeah, man, I mean, Another thing that just blew my mind when we were talking about the FBI was like, he has this line in there in his podcast towards the end about, you know, something he came to realize in doing the research is that most major corporations recruit heavily from the Department of Justice. Oh, yeah. That was very interesting. It's like, makes my stomach, dude, it makes my stomach turn, you know, because that, that, that was the whole... The, the the way the podcast explains Phil Scala, the, the FBI agent working on the Donaghy case, was connected to the NBA front office by someone who used to work at the FBI, mm-hmm. uh, someone that like worked at like the office, the FBI office in Buffalo, and he was now internal. He was working internally at the NBA. And so he was the one, basically like the snitch that that connected the Phil Scull with the FBI and David Stern. They mm-hmm. had a fucking middleman. And um yeah man, it just it made my stuff. Yeah, turn. I want to do a little more research about uh Lawrence Pedowitz um because that's a name that everyone just like was like, "Oh yeah, the Pedowitz report, whatever." It's like, and who is this no guy? One, like yeah, so he was the chief the former chief of the criminal division in the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. So, yeah, just another like government uh guy who just acted as like it's got to be yeah handy. sure i can I, yeah i'll put my name on this thing to give it legitimacy sure no problem you got sure. it boss yeah um and then when and, Tim floated the idea that like the nba in the summer of 2007 when congress all of a sudden got word of the scandal was like very oh yeah interested in the lobbyists that they had fucking lobbyists sent to washington i was like who is yeah. a nba lobbyist like what does that like is this person in fucking mesh shorts and they're on yeah. capitol hill bouncing a ball and what, <laughs> what what is this what does this mean what does this look like yeah it's like a regular dc lobbyist but you know they just roll up in like a uh you know scotty pippen jersey sure and, um yeah i um yeah it's definitely like again that's the thing about the story is that you can get is as like you know granular into the details of like you know what how does a head fake work in in like sports books and stuff and then you can also just get full-on conspiracy mind um and be like okay how far up does this go like how many you know fucking tendrils did the nba have into like you know congress and you know like what did the president know and when did he like it's just it's really yeah and it's not a fun like i said like not a fun thing to like i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist um like i i don't uh like that feeling um but with this stuff it's all just like well this is like documented like it's not it's pretty obvious yeah this is like (laughs) i heard tim say this on another interview that he did he's like you know there's conspiracy theory uh 
you know, this is pretty, this is, this is not theory at this point. <laughs> this, this is pretty much just a conspiracy um, mm-hmm. that is documented, that there's evidence, yeah. you know, pretty strongly suggesting that this is what happened and this is how it went down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other thing is like we've, we've talked about how many other whistleblower podcasts could be made about other businesses, you know, like that we're only talking about this one yeah. because we care about the NBA and it's our stupid drug. Right. Right. But right. like, no, of course this is just like how this is, yeah, this like, is the nature of big business, right? This is, this is mm-hmm. like, this is happening in every sector of the economy. This is every major corporation in this yeah. world is doing crooked shit like this. And we only <laughs> care because of the dunks, you know? Yeah. Exactly. We, These are our dunks. These are our cool refs that uh, literally you, Chris, personally took a picture with one time at Summer League. <laughs> um, shout out Joey Crawford. How you doing, Joey? Um, hope everything's cool in Chicago. Um, yeah, I. it's right. Like, I mean, this is just the way sort of America operates. And if we, you know... We're more interested. Uh, yeah, like if we gave like a shit a, about Exxon Mobil, if, like we could yeah, do, if we, we could had a fantasy same... basketball league um, that had yeah, like fucking like healthcare uh, or, or a uh, yeah, like um, pharmaceutical companies, like yeah, pharmaceutical <laughs> CEOs. Like, guess what? We'd probably be a lot more interested in the in horrible shit that they do every single day, right? Um, and who's on their payroll and like what? Yeah, ex, uh, you know, uh, attorney general and and whatever is like on on their payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about yeah. professional wrestling? Oh yeah, we should do that real quick. Um Yeah, I think professional wrestling might actually be the best sport. Hot take. I mean, it's the it's the only one that actually <laughs> actually does feel pure. <laughs> I mean, as pure as like I guess you can feel. Um and that's an ironic thing to say if you know anything about professional wrestling, but and uh, uh, like it's the only thing that actually comes right out and says like, we're just entertainment. We just want to entertain people. And they just do that. Like that is their only, I mean, obviously like money and, uh, you know, exploiting their employees, um, to make more money. Um, but the main, you know, sort of, it's like a stand up comic. Like you just want to get laughs. Like that's all you really care about. Um, and you come right out and admit, and admit that like, that's, that's the relationship. That's what we're doing here. Um, I'm on this stage. You're in the audience. Uh, my success or failure is based entirely on your reaction. Um, and it's very on the level in a weird way in that, in that sense. Um, whereas other sports are just too, it's just too gray and weird. And like, you're just never quite sure what's going on and it doesn't, yeah, you can't just fully enjoy it. Like, uh, like an escapist fantasy the way you can wrestling because wrestling comes right out and admits we're an escapist fantasy. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think that, um, yeah, we might want to become, uh, uh, Swish FM is now a professional wrestling podcast. It's it's possible. The thing is, man, like gambling is such a huge part of the sport today, right? Yeah. The NBA is, 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 you know, gambling, gambling is baked into the modern NBA, right? Whether it's like FanDuel, fantasy daily fantasy uh our fantasy league you know a group a group of friends who wager 50 bucks 100 bucks whatever it is on the season it's a big part of the nba business model and even with the stuff that isn't gambling right uh nba top shot i was thinking about this like even if it's just 
individuals. It's not corporations. The NBA is being flooded with cash from individual yeah. fans. And obviously the like the NBA is not being transparent with how competitive the league is. And the NBA seems to have a very big credibility problem. Um, and I don't think that's even debatable, right? And I think Tim's podcast does a really good job of, of highlighting that. But the question is like, does anyone care? Like, does, right. any, does anyone actually care whether or not the league is credible or fair or whether it's right. even that was like my final question playing like, field like as long as it's entertaining and this is the professional right. wrestling thing like like do we care whether like we both of us rewatched the Sacramento Kings Lakers series from 2002 we watched game 6 and Kobe Bryant in the final 30 seconds effectively like breaks Mike Bibby's nose with his elbow <laughs> and they call a foul on Mike Bibby and it's mm-hmm. like do we really care I mean, you, don't, don't we just want to see Kobe in the finals, right? Yeah. Like, we just want to see Kobe and Shaq. We, we want Kobe to throw the alley-oop to Shaq, him to slam it down. The arena goes crazy. Yeah. And that's really what people want, right? And we're not actually interested in a fair-level competitive product. So yeah. what we're actually talking about... Well, maybe some about, of us are, but not enough of a, you know... Change. majority or plurality to like affect the nba's behavior in any way but it's not just sports right like people like you know this is professional wrestling this is this is the ballet this is seeing a play this is you know like we when you go to a broadway play you're not under some illusion that the people on stage are are actually spontaneously (laughs) saying these things you know (laughs) you're not like that's a set, you know, that's not a real tree on stage. That's, yeah, it's made of some like paper mache here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's fake. It's totally fake and we accept it and we know it and we still pay money for it. And we love and, it. And we, and we laugh, celebrate. We laugh and cry. It and can we, be. We, we applaud it. We give it awards. Of course. Um, it makes us feel emotions. Yeah. Yeah. We feel all the feels and I don't know how different the NBA is in that respect and maybe it's just we have to adjust our thinking about that this is not an actual this is like Tim says, it's more of an entertainment product. It's not yeah. this is not real competitive sports. Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe someday I feel like they could potentially try to be, I mean, I think it's always gonna be in a gray area between the two things, and I still think that I mean I think you the know, players are I, I, I think the players are 1000% doing what they can. Right. So, yeah. Like, and that, that's the thing. Like we, you know, to be fit, to be a when, little fair, it, it like, it still makes me feel something when like, you know, Damian Lillard hits a game winning three in game seven of a playoff series like or like the Knicks and the Nets are playing each other. James Harden and Julius Randle are going head to head. They're both trying their hardest to win the game. Yeah. Even though the league might prefer that the game goes one way or, or another and Vegas right. might prefer that things go one way or the other, but the players themselves, they're giving it their all and they're if anything trying to screw over the league, uh which is kind mm-hmm. of fun, I have to mm-hmm. admit. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you think of Rashid Wallace like it's a guy who know who or Chris Webber in that and that and the game that we're watching, Vlade Divac. These guys are like shrugging their shoulders. They know the league has it in for them. Yeah, and they're they know trying their fucking damnest within the game, the game within the game, to say, yeah. "I'm gonna try to fuck over the refs," even though they're trying to fuck over us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird way to sort of adjust your 
NBA consumption, but I think that there is hope to 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 say like it's still fun to watch a game, but instead of two teams playing against each other, I'm I'm watching the players playing against the officiating. Um and that can be rewarding in its own way. So maybe we just try to so you know, maybe recalibrate a little bit. Okay, so yeah. maybe there's hope. Yeah. Okay. I mean in some ways it's even more inspirational. It is more WWF like in that way to see the common man, you know, f- fighting against like a, a a system, an unjust system that is trying to oppress him, um, you know, versus just like two competitors in a ring. Like, no, the best WWF storyline of all time was what? Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. Right. It was him rebelling against the rules, not against another wrestler. Um, so maybe in a way, the NBA... <laughs> maybe, wait, 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 wait. I just yeah. had a deep thought. <laughs> maybe the NBA has actually scripted all of this and the NBA referees are about to make a heel turn <laughs> and become the Vince McMahon character as oh. a collective unit. And that will actually maybe get me more interested in the NBA than I have been in 25 years, The greatest reality show of all time. (laughs) Yeah, the Knicks are playing the Hawks tonight, and maybe Julius Randle and Trey Young will take it to the refs. Yeah, I want to see Randle versus Foster Part (laughs) 2. That is what I am tuning in for. I don't care who the hell they're playing. I just hope Scott Foster is officiating that game because some sparks are going to fly on that basketball court. Yeah, that would be Um, so cool, dude. If if Randle and Trey Young were going at it head-to-head, they're like really heated, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they both look at each other and then they look at scott foster and then they yeah. high five each other they do a they do a mega powers handshake yes and then they go at <laughs> the they go at the zebras they take it to scott foster and his whole crew of reps uh, dude they just like chase them off the court and finish yes. the game with like like the you know and then, the, and, quote unquote, and then like madison the square garden is just chanting the ref USA, gets knocked USA. out scott foster gets knocked out and he's just lying unconscious in the corner of the court as like the uh, <laughs> players just finish the game with no referee reggie bullock yeah. flies in with an elbow from like the top of the backboard <laughs> dude that would be so awesome uh, yeah that's really so what the cool. i mean the nba just got to lean into this and embrace it let's be honest that's yes. the only way out of this mess um so nba wow, basketball right. nba basketball is actually really just professional wrestling which we love this is per- which is awesome like my favorite thing Wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I guess we're huge NBA fans. This is great. We've made a lot of progress today, Chris. Ben, what a what a what a productive session. I'm going to write you a big fat check after we hang yep. up because I began you know my, this. You might. Yep. You know my rate. Yep. I began this podcast very depressed, and I am feeling over the moon happy. I can't wait to consume those dunks. Yep. This is Fantastic. Be super fun. Well, yeah. Just call up my uh, call up my my billing department uh, <laughs> after after we're done here, and yes. you know you know how to how to do that. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you Major for setting me on the straight and narrow. I'm excited. I'm engaged. I can't wait to get back on my fantasy hoops horse. Oh, and, yeah. Playoffs uh, are starting next week, baby. Oh, I cannot wait. I yeah. cannot wait. And why don't, uh, why don't we spend a little cash tonight on the old NBATopshot.com? There's some pretty good deals out there. The market is in the tank. I am in a massive amount of debt, which means <laughs> it is time to buy. You know what they say, Ben? You got to buy that dip. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll, see you. I'll see you on the marketplace, Ben. This is a lot, of, a lot of fun as always. We are back on the NBA bandwagon. We're huge yes. super fans. I love this game. Thank you. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Oh, and uh, if you're listening and you haven't already, you can buy some Swish FM merch. 
Uh, yeah, it's official, folks. We've got merch on our support website. Support the podcast. You can buy it and wear merch. Support the podcast. Support what we're doing. It's all available on our website. Swish. You've probably Swish already FM. seen it all over your social media feeds. Yeah, swishfm.com slash merch. Get yourself All of the a influencers yeah. are rocking this gear. Get a you hoodie. Want, you don't want to be left t-shirt. behind. You want to get on the bandwagon, ride the wave. That's right. Um, you don't want to be the only friend on, on your block that doesn't have a Swish FM t-shirt or hoodie. That's right. The number one yeah. basketball podcast in iTunes and Spotify. So We are still at the top of the list of the, of the charts, yeah, which is really exciting. Thank you again uh, to all the, all the fans. This is a relief, Ben. Basketball yeah. is good and basketball is back. Basketball is back. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, Ben. I'll talk to you next week and uh stay happy and healthy and safe and we'll talk to you in a little bit a pleasure as always my friend all right later you've been listening to